0: Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. Thank you for joining us again for another deep dive into K-pop news and views of the past couple of weeks. This is Ash, and I'm joined today by two of my lovely podcasters. Say hello to Jimin. Oh, hi. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it unmuted, but it didn't. (laughs) No. and Nat. Hello. All right. And well, let's get started. First off, I want to do something a little different and basically kind of start off with what we've been listening to first as far as K-pop music or Western music in the past couple of weeks. uh, For me personally, The K-pop music's been a little light, but I've been listening to some Sistar throwbacks, a little smidgen of Blackpink, mostly remixes. But I have been listening also to the new Carly Rae Jepsen um, album, Dedicated. Go get it. It's out now. It's so awesome. Get it. It's so good. And Lizzo. Um, tons of Lizzo so that's been my playlist what about you guys
1: um well I've been listening to just a lot of random music I'll be honest uh yeah I've been kind of moody and like listening to a lot of Mumford and Sons and um Kings of Leon and The Killers but then on the flip side, i to like a lot of Marina and Kevin Garrett. And then on the flip side of that, I've listened into a lot of like old music. So like Shalimar and um, uh, shoot, what's I can't remember her name, but like uh, a starship and the cars and just like a lot of 80s, late 90s, sorry, Donna Summer. That's who I was thinking of. I don't know why it's in my mind, um, but that's, Like, it's been a weird sort of mix of that. And in terms of K-pop, I just listened to mostly the new Oh My Girl. And I'm still sort of thinking about how I feel about the mini. I do love the title track. And then I was listening to a lot of 21 because they had their 10-year anniversary last week on May 17th. And then I just listened to yesterday, the new Tian, her Japanese album. It's not very good, but I did listen to that a bit. And Shiny replay the highest anniversary, I think today or yesterday or something like that. So listen to the song then as well, too. But that's yeah, that's about it for me.
0: Music guys are really good at remembering like the anniversaries of stuff. That I always like forget, I never remember like the anniversary of like this group or like this song, or I like, never remember that.
1: I only but, remember that one, Miss A's, because that's like Jan- July 1st, I think, or July 2nd. I think it's July 1st, either in Korea and then July 2nd here, or something like that. And then, um, Shenma, which is in March and jessica's birthday which is i think in april and then just the girls generation anniversary in august because of jessica <laughs> but that's that's about it i mean it's a lot but yeah those are the ones that i recall the most like but you know what honestly twitter is like very helpful for that because if you have mutuals who are into any of those groups they're always trending on
0: specific days so
1: you never you never forget these things in that way or you don't need to
0: remember Very true. Need to spend more time on the K-pop Twitter. Okay. Jimin, what about you?
2: Um, I haven't really been listening to really any music. Um, so let me see. I'm making my playlist. Um I have been listening to of the music that I have listened to. It has been uh, Home by BTS, which should have been their lead single instead of Boy with Love. Um, that's like the K-pop. <laughs> and um weirdly, like randomly, I got real obsessed with Jonas Brothers SOS. Oh my god,
0: that's my favorite song from yeah. like
2: <laughs> oh my! Like I, after I saw them like on the BBMAs, I just got so much nostalgia. And apparently they're like on tour, yeah. so I saw like the little rundown of their tour stuff, and I got so much nostalgia that I um, I I just started looking up some of their songs, and I just remember I "Told You I Made Them Play."
1: <laughs> that is my so, favorite song from them. Seriously,
2: yeah, honestly. Jonas Brothers might be the greatest white boy band of all time. So. Uh, I know I'm going to get some hate for that. Because, it's clearly NSYNC. You have to understand. understand. That's way before my time. So you might be right. Backstreet's back, baby. Honestly. Forever. Actually, you know what's funny? I don't think I know a single NSYNC song, but I do know Backstreet Boys songs. What? Uh, is that crazy? Yes, that is actually kind of crazy. <laughs> um... like it's so weird because I know a lot of Justin Timberlake's early stuff but I don't know any NSYNC like so it's you know what though I would say Um, it's probably
1: because Backstreet Boys was more like adult like contemporary even when they were in the full boy band sort of like gear because Mm -hmm. as long as you love me I want it that way Shape of My Heart like these are all like Uh, more adult contemporary uh, songs uh, I love I love those songs like Mm -hmm. I mean I'm not I'm still an NSYNC girl but I they're Bastard Boys have a special place in my heart for a lot of the songs that they released.
2: (laughs) so I get it. Did you like, were you one of the, were you one of those like middle schoolers that like hung out by the locker and went to go smoke cigs in the bathroom to like rebel against society in like the late nineties? No. I mean, I I was never one of those people,
1: but. I wasn't a teenager until like, when when did I turn 13
2: (laughs) Uh, yeah, I guess. I um, thought you were born I, in like the late '80s. I was born in '85, so
0: okay, I mean, I was.
2: So you were a teenager then, yeah,
1: yeah. I was, I was. You know, what, I had to do the math because you know what? I think when I think of high school, I it was the early 2000s for me, right? Yeah,
2: uh,
0: yeah. But that was why I, for me, and I yeah. think I'm older than you guys. But late so. '90s were technically.
2: Was like, that yeah, was, like I was middle school days. I was in middle school. Dear. Yeah. Oh wait, like, I forgot. Uh, Canada's doesn't have middle school. Thank you for. No, so, we do. I went to middle school. Oh. <laughs> oh, for real? Yeah, no, I went to middle school. Shout <laughs> out joking. to Amesbury Middle School. Um, but- Wait, okay. I, I do. I want to ask this question. Sure. Does Canada middle school go from six to eight, or does it go from seven to eight? Oh,
0: good question.
2: Oh, so it depends. Like,
1: not so much anymore because they they've sort of restructured it and closed a lot of schools and stuff like that. But when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, they had elementary schools that went to grade five or they had them that went to grade six and then they had some middle schools slash junior highs. And some of them were like seven and eight or some of them were six, seven and eight. And then they had Catholic schools that were like straight to eight. And then you had like strictly Catholic high schools. So it really just depended. It depends on where you went to school at that time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But we don't have the, like, I like for us in high school, it's grade nine, grade 10, grade 11, grade 12. And we had OEC at the time. Versus Mm -hmm. like juniors and sophomores and freshmen and that kind of stuff. That's Mm -hmm. like purely American.
2: So you guys did it like, are you saying you did it like the Brits where you go to college and, but college is not really college. It's actually like a two year school for like man children. (laughs) So basically
1: like before it's not so much anymore. Like there's a bit of a bridge now, but before colleges were more technical and universities and colleges were more, pre- sorry, universities that were more prestigious because they were more like theory based. And that's where you went and got to higher learning. Um, so some people went to college mm-hmm. first and then they would go to university and, and they would sort of treat it as two different things. But now like some colleges have four year mm-hmm. degree programs that match the universities. It's just a different kind of style of teaching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you guys in the States mm-hmm. have colleges, right? You don't, you don't call them universities. Is that a thing? I don't know.
2: Like, like I, like it's, for example, this, the, the college I graduated, the school I graduated from, I say it is a university and it's a four-year okay. institution, right? Like it has, um, postgraduate programs, it's ranked all of those mm-hmm. things. Right. But if, if I were to say like, I'm going to, if I'm a high schooler and I got accepted, I would say, oh yeah, I'm going to college. I wouldn't say I'm going uh. to university. I would only say that if I'm talking to like a foreigner. So if I'm talking yeah. to you or like, like. I don't know a Korean person I'll be like oh yeah I, I, I went to university instead of uh-huh. saying I went to college it's, a, it's interchangeable for us basically okay yeah for us, it's not. but it's also has other yeah, yeah for, for, for us
1: for us it's, it's not it's like there's these schools are designated as a university it's designated as a college like you don't they're not interchangeable words here um I don't know how it is in English yeah. so much but I know you have to do like your letter thingies <laughs> I don't know what it is exactly but you have to get some letters and they have gap years and like all this other stuff but here it's like at 18 you know you just do what you do college mm-hmm. university trades we have trade schools um and that's it
2: oh sorry y'all <laughs> just lost the ball so i'm i'm upset Aww. and drake is up here celebrating like his life depends on it or something it probably does <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, I'm um, so pissed. Okay. Okay. okay.
0: <laughs> That's what I've um, been listening to. Okay. All right. Well, we, before the recording of this episode, we uh, watched MVs for a few of the uh, latest singles to come out in K-pop. You know, we had a few good discussions about our opinions on some of the latest songs to come out from Oh My Girl and Winner and nct 127 and was there anything that you guys wanted to mention about singles and comebacks that we didn't get to cover beforehand yeah Um, oh sorry
1: (laughs) no i was gonna say really quickly i'm just kind of interested because bts bat pink twice you know like the, the top groups have already sort of dropped music this year and they're all like on tours and world tours at that so i wasn't sure like what's actually popular in korea right now like what's at the top of the korean charts is it still bts Blackpink, twice kind of stuff or is it just something completely random that we would never guess that's top in the charts there
2: say no more i'm gonna tell you now Ooh, okay Click. topping gown um for the week of may 5th to may 11th you have goodbye by park Hyoshin. Yes, that's, that's oh, not not someone that makes huh? sense. He sang that wildflower song, right? That's yeah. really huge. Yeah. Don't know what that is, okay. but I'm glad you know. You have a uh, Jujo Hanan, Yonin Dudu. We have four. I think it means like four something for lovers, basically, by John Nabi. I've heard Nabi before. That's number two on the this is the digital chart, by the way. Okay. Um, so I think this is only songs. You have um, BTS Boy With Love at number three. That's down two from the week before. Um, Twice Fancy at number four. Oh, and wow. then um, a song called um, Only Me Spring. Wow. <laughs> That's the best translation I have for that. Okay. Um, it's, by, it's by a Korean artist who has a very long name. <laughs> And then on the album charts, you will never guess who's topping the album chart. It is an idol group. Got seven? But it's like not one of the top groups. Really? Yeah. Right now, I'm going to read from five to one on the gown album charts. And number five, you've got BTS, Map of the Soul Persona. At number four, you've got Oh My Girl, The Fifth Season. Hmm. At number three, you got The Boys' second single album. I guess it's called Bloom Bloom. At number two, you have Nam Nam Woo Woo Hyun with A New Journey. I'm guessing that's like a Korean artist, not an idol. And number one on the album chart this week is Newest. Oh, no, that's not
1: surprising. They're really big right now. Their last
2: song that we listened to was a hit. It was good. (laughs) It was. Um... And that's the charts. But right now, what's topping the social charts, which is like the last main chart that I guess uh Gallon chart uh, tracks. Um, n- n- topping number one is BTS with Boy With Love. Number two is Twice Fancy. Number three is Park Bomb um, with 444. Um, number her. five is Oh My Girl with the fifth season. And number... Or sorry, number four is Oh My Girl with the fifth season. And number five is... Like, really randomly BTS DNA. Like <laughs> The song came out, like, years ago. But, yes, yeah, randomly topping the social charts. People are talking about it. Which, looking back on that song, I actually really like DNA. <laughs> I, still I, know. I, still I know. I know so many people hate it. So many <laughs> people prefer fake love to it. I just I like that it, it was... I really felt like it's different from what K-pop was at that time. I feel like K-pop was, like, in a transitionary phase back in that point in 2017 and then BTS drops this song so anyway yeah that's what's going on on the Korean the one of the main Korean charts which is the gown so
1: okay good to know good to know yeah. like I assume there'd be ballads especially now it's springtime and people are like people in Korea seem to get really nostalgic
2: and they're really in tune with the weather and stuff like that uh, but oh my god do you do you know what you maybe just think about what right. Can you imagine, right? Just think about it. It's some good weather. Yes. Or decent weather. And Japanese cherry blossom trees are going growing all around you. And it's like a garden with a path. And you're walking through it. And you feel so serene. And you hear a beautiful ballad being played. And it's on a harp. Right? Are you following me? I'm following you. And yep. it's just... Freeing. I know that, like, guys, I gotta give you a a little bit of advice if you listen to um, K-pop music. I don't know how this ties into K-pop music at all, but I just want you to think about sometimes if you're feeling stressed out or overwhelmed or worried, just think about a very relaxing scenario. And for me, I love to think about like driving down a Tokyo highway. I say this at least once an episode, I think. I like to think about just like peaceful scenarios and where the wind is blowing through my hair, the night is young and everything feels perfect. So just just think about those kinds of things. If you're ever feeling stressed out, it might help.
1: Or a beach. That's what I do when I'm like, on you like oh you sleep. like going to the beach the ocean well, I like the ocean just like laying down on like mm-hmm. one of those like deck chairs I guess or whatever beach chairs and just like having my feet in the sand because it's nice it's warm it's not burning my feet and just watching the ocean and have like a big umbrella over me and it's like I'm in my zone either that or See? I listen to like a lot of really aggressive ABBA on the BBC
2: uh-huh. sort of like
1: to make the rest of the world sort of like float away, I'm like listening to
2: like SOS really loud
1: uh, yeah. on, my he- on my headphones.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's how, I, you know what? You know how I know that you're Canadian? You just said like the sand at the beach isn't hot. Like it's a perfect temperature. Yeah. <laughs> the sand at the beach is always hot. It's like the hottest <laughs> sand. Like, not, here. In LA, it's was, not here. It's not here. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on the beach. You're lucky. Yeah. This, the, like if you go to... Santa Monica Beach or like any beach, Hermosa Beach any beach in like Southern California yeah you're gonna burn your feet off if you don't wear flip flops up until the point like you know right where the um the tide like washes up onto yes. the shore like that's the only cool part of the sand like the rest of it <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Satan is licking your toes like it's not you know, good it's really it's a funny because like
1: I realized I was crazy Canadian when I went away and I was like it was like 30 something degrees like every day and I was just like this is hot this is too hot how do these people live here how do these people live like this (laughs) like
2: Like, 30 degrees celsius Celsius or 30 degrees fahrenheit
1: I think it was like no I think it was celsius but it was like really really hot and the sun was
2: girl 30 degrees celsius is hot for us too like that's like death (laughs) 30 degrees celsius is like 120 or something. <laughs> like, that's really hot. I was just <laughs> Don't like, worry. No. You're not weird for that. That's okay, normal. Because
1: I was there and like all my friends really love really hot weather. So I'm like the only person uh-huh. who's like, fall is my favorite season because it starts to Ooh, cool down. And
2: yes. I, like, wear a sweater. No, fall is my favorite blood. season too. It's mm-hmm. it's better than spring to me. Yes. Mostly because spring is super rainy and allergies and all that. Oh, really? I mean, yeah but also too like spring is it's getting hotter it's not getting cooler exactly. so, so you don't feel as satisfied as you do in in the fall and it's just like oh the
1: colors of the trees ever. and the leaves they're like all brown and orange oh. and pumpkins yes,
2: everywhere super peaceful. and it's as long as you don't think about mike myers lurking around exactly. the corner, <laughs> like waiting to kill you yeah. because that's that's like the movie halloween like yeah. I, I can think of the scene where he's, um, it, it, he's, um, the, the leaves are falling off the trees and he's like killing people. So, um, <laughs> other than that, fall is beautiful.
0: <laughs> other <laughs> than Mike Myers, fall is yes. beautiful. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Do we have any other thoughts about the comebacks? About Heart Bomb, perhaps? Her unexpected, somewhat unexpected success. I know we were kind of iffy on her 444. Yeah. I mean... I'm I'm happy.
1: I'm always happy for Perkbomb. I can't, like, not be happy for Perkbomb because she got dealt a really shitty hand and she tried to make the best of it. People are not here to give second chances to her for something that is completely understandable while it was also still technically illegal. Um, But... What was technically when she tried to smuggle the, drugs, the prescription drugs in because
2: oh yeah girl, they I, were illegal I, I, in
1: Korea but a doctor in the states gave them to her for her anxiety in her mental health so
2: you know, uh, you know it's a sad thing when like mental like medication to improve your mental health is like illegal in your country <laughs> okay sorry I just had to say that
1: well yeah I mean the laws. Go ahead. The laws only favor people of privilege for the most part. Look at like, now weed is legal, but look at all the mainly black people who are still in jail for it, right? Who are not making the huge profits that you see white people making for it. So, yeah. I'm not saying, like for Park Bomb, I understand she broke the law. So, I, you know, I can't really defend that, but it is, as I said, just a really shitty thing that happened to her and I am happy that Korea is also giving her a chance in some ways, even though they're begrudgedly giving her a chance. Uh-huh. But at this point, there's nothing really, really that we can do. We can just sort of keep supporting Perkbomb and saying nice things about her online. That's, that's really all I do. <laughs>
0: but I have to say it was very heartwarming to see the 21 reunite for that photo. They all looked really good. And I have to admit, like part of me is just like, well, if they came back for just one more song, you know, I mean, CL isn't doing anything, but that talk show she's got going on right now uh-huh. <laughs> with her and her guest. Paris Hilton. Yeah. Um, you know, the rest of them are, I mean they've got things going on but they they could they could take some time off to like you know do a little reunion a little reunion tour i mean it's the perfect opportunity you know with you know the how you wave being as it is and people to anyone i mean when you think about popular groups for a group that kind of disbanded before its time they're still name dropped quite a bit when a lot of groups from their era, or a lot of them are kind of, from, you know, too many still has some staying power. So, I don't know.
1: Listen, at the Winter Olympics in Korea, CL in all her glory went up and performed I am the best and everybody knew the lyrics. How many K-pop songs can you say about that? Like, like even with BTS's success, I don't see people like, like regular, regular people Singing like Boy with Love, you know, or DNA or anything like that. But people who purposely (laughs) don't want to be involved at all in K pop, then I know heard CL performing that and be like, oh, I know that song. The song is still in commercials.
2: You know, I completely forgot she performed at the Olympics until you said that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's CL and
1: 21 are two different things, two different entities, okay? Like, a lot of people have feelings about her that don't translate to the other way around. I just think it's like heartwarming that they are still friends even after things that went down and the way that YG especially treated them because he's a jerk. And I remember just like sitting at work and seeing that they had this V live and I couldn't really watch it, but I was so emotional. I was so happy to see them. It's it's You're with these groups for like, Seven eight years, you know, you kind of bond a bit with these groups, and you know the memories that you have, you know, with other fans, and just when the music came out and the memories attached to them. So, for me, Twenty One is always going to be the top K-pop group. Well, K-pop female group for me, just like of all time. I l- I love other groups, but none of the groups are as good as as Twenty One, and chance to come back and like not you know like in the same way as before but I think that they could still make music together and you know in each other's orbit and lives and things like that so I'm hoping that we do get something from them in, in the
0: interim. Me too, me too. Speaking of disbanded groups there seems to be an epidemic of this going on lately. A lot of reports of different groups disbanding, group shakeups, just starting off. UKIS, Eli, and Kisop annou- was announced that they are both leaving Youkiss. And that leaves the group at about how many
1: members? I thought UKIS had disbanded before to be honest
2: with you (laughs) i thought they were close to it or
0: they had issues with
2: their well they were doing the um the survival show rap um cycle um, runs yeah they were doing the survival show so that and none of them were particularly successful on them or they were successful on the show but the actual group that survived went nowhere Ah. so um that's usually the first like one of the early symptoms of disbandment
0: yeah. yeah okay so it says here that there's only three members remaining Suhan, who is still in the army hoon who is currently a marine having enlisted earlier this year in june who at least a few people know because he finished first on the unit and it basically says during their 11 year run you have added four members lost and lost seven so
1: you know it's funny when you said the unit I had initially thought, like when Jimin had mentioned that they were doing the the survival show route, I was like, they were probably in that damn unit, Unity, Unit B, whatever the hell group that is.
0: They were. They were you one of them wasn't. Yep. Oh man. Yep. You know
2: what's cr- you know what's interesting? Yeah. Like the the survivors from that show, like those groups have not done anything. That show came out in what 2017. And those, and finished, I think in 2018, those groups have not made a mark and they've had like actual debuts. So it's just like, if you can't, I'm like, almost like if you can't hit it big the first time, it's kind of hard when you don't have a big company backing you to try to hit it big.
0: Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, pretty much. I feel like that. I mean, the only kind of exception, and I guess it's not really an exception because CJ ENM is a huge company and they're backing produce you know 101 and all of that that comes with it and most of the trainees are I mean some of them are already known but most of them are unknown so you know you have these copycat shows that come along and like no one really takes to them and you just kind of have these people that are going on and trying to get a second chance and it just flops and it's just It's kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, U-Kiss is one of the few uh, K-pop groups I've actually seen perform in person. Mm. So, uh, um, pour one out for U-Kiss. You know, we remember you for the good times, not the bad. In addition to U-Kiss, Starship Entertainment, um, Sistar's uh, brother group, Boyfriend, it was announced that they are disbanding. And AOA, Mina is leaving. FMC Entertainment has said that the group is going to continue as five after she leaves, but she has chosen not to renew. And Choa's contract with FNC also ended, but I mean, she obviously hasn't been active for some time. And Ding story, a group called 14U, No, this is kind of interesting story. Uh, It was a 14 member boy group that recently disbanded. They're from a company called BG Entertainment. um, And it was uh, reported that they basically disbanded uh, after the member reportedly had inappropriate relations with staff members um, and the company, you know, it's not a press release denying it, but I did
1: read something about this mm-hmm. and like how the, the member had specifically had like intercourse or something with I don't know if it's some female manager or if she was like an exec or something like that.
2: I know when we had posted that on social media, one of their fans actually was saying um, apparently that report isn't like accurate and it's been denied by like both parties so i don't know if there is still something to that
0: yeah it seems like it's one of those situations where it's you know there's still some discrepancy over what happened but either way 14u is no longer together never heard of him <laughs> and we I'll never be will. With you.
1: <laughs> It
0: never will. And most distressing, Hani and Jungwa of EXID are leaving banana culture, the home of EXID, and they've decided not to renew their contracts with them, even though um, EXID says that they will continue. As a group despite Hani and Jungwa not being with Banana Culture. It, they're having a hiatus and we all know how that goes because first she comes a hiatus then somebody decides they want to go into acting and then the rest of the group doesn't come back. So I don't know what to think but I'm kind of bracing myself for the worst because I mean, I guess it's possible that, you know, two members not being in the same entertainment company as the rest, they could still, you know, perform together or whatever. But I feel like that more often than not, the company would rather not have to go through all of the complications of doing that. It just doesn't seem like it's an ideal situation. Um. I think
1: it depends on the agency and the idols. Mm -hmm. Groups like Brown Eyed Girls and Xinhua, they can always get back together and where they are because they always make sure that's a priority. Mm -hmm. And I think it's written in the contract. So like the agencies have to allow them in that sense to to pursue their former group um, like activities even if they're not all signed to the same company. But a lot of the times, a lot of these groups that disband or, you know, they go on a hiatus, they these members usually have to start from scratch. So they don't really have the money to, or the power, I guess, as a solo artist to push for their former groups to be able to re- resume activities. It's like Girls' Day. Um, Mina was all like, oh, we're not disbanded. We see each other all the time. And I'm like, that doesn't even, like, what are you even talking about? When's the last time you guys had a single? When's the last time you guys went on tour? When's the last time you even, you know, made music? Clearly, Hiri is like, she's the, the biggest name in that group. And she's, you know, not singing because that's not her focus. Her focus is on acting. So that's what she's going to do in Variety. With EXID, I was surprised. Any is popular, yes. but just in sort of variety and I don't think she's ever really found her variety niche so I don't think she has the long-standing sort of popularity that will survive this and Joshua like was even more surprising because I'm like I don't even know if she acts <laughs> like what is what is she doing like what is she going to do outside of this group uh, but I'm not surprised that at uh, who stayed because that was the real like vocal talent in the group <laughs> And Ellie obviously was like a powerhouse. She's a writer, producer, you know, rapper. Like she, she can find new avenues for herself. But in my my honest opinion, EXID is done in Korea. They're going to be still making music if for their, for their Japanese contract because that's not up yet. But once that's up, I wouldn't be surprised if they just sort of stopped and yeah. became like Rainbow and... Girls' Day and all these groups that say they're on hiatus, but they're really just done.
0: Um, Yeah, I will say that you know, Banana Culture went to the trouble of releasing that statement and saying, you know, we want them to still perform together. And I, I don't know. My biggest hope is that they would be kind of like a Brown Eyed Girls, where they would still maybe come together every now and again. Feel like I think like it doesn't matter wherever they are, like they can still kind of come together and do things every now and again just for the fans or because they feel like it, sort of deal. So we'll see. Um also in addition to that news, oh um any thoughts about AOA? Uh not really. Just because Mina always seemed like she was not really in it to win it she I feel like <laughs> Mina like was never like hardly ever on like any of the songs either she
1: was barely on the songs and she was she was easily like she, funny because she was actually one of the members that I noticed the most but it's more so um I guess because I found most of the members of AOA kind of annoying and she just like didn't seem like she caused any ripples in the water or anything like that She was kind of like just doing her own thing, and
0: yeah, the only thing she was in that spinoff group, AOA Cream.
1: Yeah, no, was it. I thought she was in AOA Black. She might have been the the Rock version of it. Not Cream. Cream was the three other girls. Um, Oh, but she, yeah, she just seemed like she was kind of over it. Even in like live performances I saw last year, um, she just seemed like she was not really. That interested in it anymore. So <laughs> apparently she has already acted though, so she'll probably go that route.
0: Yeah. Well, I didn't know that, but that seems to be usually the next step for the more non performing idols and, you know, these groups. They usually, mm-hmm. that's the next thing on the list is star in a soap opera or, you know, star in a web drama. Sort of thing. So there's always a market for it. So why not? Very true. Moving on from disbandments, Master X made their, I guess you could call it their American television debut because they haven't really been on American television before as animated characters on an episode of Cartoon Network's We <laughs> Bear Bears. And they, all of them appeared, as I said, animated characters, and it was very cute and adorable. Um, of course, I only saw, you know, some of the, um, what was posted online. But Has anyone actually seen anything from the, act- actually watched the episode? Uh, I'll
2: <laughs> be honest. Yeah. I only know about the show because I
1: fell asleep once when my TV was on Teletoon and I woke up and we bear Bears was on it, was on it. And I was just like, Oh, what is it? Teletoon? Teletoon was, yeah, it's a
2: Teletoon is our sort of like cartoonish network. Oh my goodness. Let's just throw the whole. Canada away. <laughs> what that Teletoon. That is some great value level. Yeah. That's our, um, I'm just kidding. We love
1: you, Canada. <laughs> that's our cartoon network. But I think now we have Adult Swim for like the more adult version of that stuff. And Teletoon is more geared Yeah, we have Adult Swim too. Stuff. Yeah, no, I know. Mm-hmm. But now we have like oh. <laughs> a new version of it for the more adult stuff here. And mm-hmm. um, uh, Teletoon is more geared towards like younger audiences, not like Disney younger, but sort of like the middle ground. So I don't know what, sh- if, where like that is going to air, if that's going to be on Adult Swim or if it's going to be on Teletoon, but that's going to be where it airs and i like the fact that they are diversifying how they enter the market because if they just did you know like another night show like everyone else has done it kind of would have it it sort of lost its luster in some ways but doing something like this which is so unique and you know hits a very niche market i thought that was kind of cool very yeah. very, very so, smart.
2: are you done Yeah, I am. am. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't want to interview Um, (laughs) you. So, I just have, I'm like, you don't understand the smile, like the dumb smile that broke out on my face when I saw this. Because I love, like, cartoons. Like, right now, after the game went off, which was, like, the third quarter for me, because I knew the Bucks were losing. But (laughs) after the game went off, I turned it straight to SpongeBob. Um, I love cartoons. I specifically love this, like, the recent, like, renaissance of cartoons that kind of started with Adventure Time and is, like, includes, you know, some shows like Regular Show and uh, Steven Universe and Gravity Falls, all of these, like, great, oh, and Over the Garden Wall all these like really great iconic shows that have been airing. We Bare Bears is one of those really great shows. I don't think it's up there with Steven Universe, um, but it's a show that I like to watch in my spare time. The bears are so cute, um, especially when they were babies. They're super cute. And um, I think it's just really cool to see, as Nat said, like they're diversifying the way that they enter the market. But I think even more so, it's just like, it was. It could, I feel like it couldn't have been a more perfect collaboration because of the fact that I think I don't know if the showrunner of We Bare Bears is Korean but I know that like there are a lot of a lot of animation actually happens in Korea um, particularly like a lot of the Cartoon Network shows are actually animated in Korea so you'll, you'll get Korean influence in the art styles and, and the, the main movies, little girl but on the
0: show is Korean it is meant to be Korean I think
2: yeah yeah, the little girl in the show is, yeah, exactly. And um, there's a lot of Korean like elements in We Bare Bears, even more than Adventure Time, which Adventure Time had a character that spoke Korean. Like, that was her only, her full language was Korean, Lady accord But um, it's super cool because it's so fitting, right? Like, you're getting a show that's based in san francisco which has a a very large significant asian population which a large part are korean you know probably more japanese but a large part are korean um and so it's based in san francisco um or you know set like that's what the setting is meant to be it's meant to be san francisco that show and so and then you get these asian characters um and that are animated but then you also get like real life Monsta X like coming in and then the show like makes a lot of references to K-pop You know, they eat Korean food and and things like that. There's like a lot of Korean cultural elements in there And I I just think it's really cool. I I think it it, honestly to me this might be like the best Like let's break into America scheme that I've seen Like because BTS did American Hustle life got seven kind of just did it through like touring and, like, and you know, NCT kind of did it through, the like, having, you know, English-speaking members, like, do their YouTube channel and things like that. And it's cool that Master X was just like, yeah, we're going to hook up with, like, the, the people at um, Cartoon Network and get in with, like, one of these shows. Super dope. I think, from what I've seen, the clips, super cute, super funny. Um, I love that... Um, I love that the boys, like the the, the men, I should say, they're grown. The, the guys, their personalities are like infused within their characters. And it's like, once you actually watch, you know, oh, this one's Wan, this one's Waho. Like, you know who's who. Um, super cool. I don't know. I'm just a nerd, though. So I, I love it.
0: Very cool. Speaking of groups getting their way into the U.S., Um, Jimin mentioned NCT 127. Um, They are still doing their U.S. tour. They threw out the first pitch at Dodger Stadium, which is interesting. I want to know whose idea that was because we typically do not get K-pop groups throwing out the first pitch. They did, I think, which member was it? Yuda? Threw... Utah? Utah, Utah, through the pitch or
2: through, Wait, uh,
1: Didn't Broadway? didn't Tiffany do that? Isn't that when she like destroyed the American national anthem?
2: I, I know don't, who doesn't throw the first pitch at the Dodgers game these days.
1: <laughs> say, like, I'm pretty sure, like that Tiffany had done it, and that she butchered the national anthem when she sang it.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> I, just, I mean, I just saw that they did it, and people were making like a huge deal about it, so I assumed that it was like, okay, well, maybe they're like the first K-pop people to have, you know, done it. But mm-hmm. then again, you know, that it's very possible that that is the case. So. Um, but yeah, their fans showed out at the stadium, which is a whole other issue because apparently NCTs have been very active as of late. Apparently a Dodgers beat writer, a writer, you know, that covers the Dodgers, talked about how bad their throwing was. And Stan Twitter was very, very um, unkind to them. Um, Also, NCT 127 Sasaengs have been called out for basically invading their privacy. They were in Houston and uh, fans were taking video and going through private spaces of the members on their tour bus while they were there. Um, they were caught because they were not too smart and posted the evidence on social media that they actually did all of these things, and basically showed them going onto the tour bus and going through all their stuff. But apparently one of these uh, fans also stayed at the same hotel and like followed them around town, took video and picture of them, they've been showing out on social media lately. So, uh, I think demon mentioned before that she was like in another instance, where we were talking about NCT fans that she, didn't you say you were kind of surprised to hear that this had been going on?
2: Yeah, I was, um, I was pretty surprised because in citizens don't have that sort of reputation. You know what I mean? Um, like, they're they were kind of known for being chill. Um and so when I started to see like and especially like international in-citizen movie, just because like we have sort of different cultural norms in the way we approach celebrity here. I think from the bit that I've seen with the way like Koreans approach celebrity, it's always a situation where um not that the not that the celebrities get bombarded, but like yeah, they kind of get bombarded it's like much more focused if if you will over there. But here on the other hand, um, with the way that we treat celebrity in America, we don't usually do that. Like there's been multiple times where I've seen celebrities like just walking down the street, like in LA or whatever. Um, and people might, like, take a picture from a distance or go up to them and ask for a picture. But there, there wouldn't be that, like, sasang element. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would.
2: Um, and so I think it's just a little jarring because they're not, and citizens don't really have that sort of reputation in America. And um, I don't know. You also just expect more. Like, you just expect better, like, these guys are here. This is not their home um, in the sense that they could already be feeling uncomfortable just from being here. Um, and for, for you, you know, the fan, to turn around and kind of like make them even more uncomfortable, is, it must be weird to feel uncomfortable with uh, around someone who kind of like pays your bills. You know what I mean? So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I guess that's kind of what I have to say.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing like I was reading about it and they're saying that at the end of the day, SM is likely not going to do anything about it or, you know, anything because, you know, they're not really known to. And in general, like, you know, you're saying with K-pop, like they kind of feed into this behavior because that's where their revenue comes from is the, yeah you know, the fan you know, behavior, their dedication, the fans going over the top. And it's just kind of ironic that some international fans are very, let's say harsh on Korean fans about the assassins over there Mm -hmm. and, you know, the things that they do and, Oh, I can't believe they do that. And then, you know, we have them come over here and they're, exposed to like the exact same type of behavior yeah um
2: yeah and it makes me wonder too to some extent like how different are the demographics of their fan bases overseas because i get the like just from what i get from talking to like korean people or just kind of listening to you know, what Korean people have to say about like K-pop in general, you get the, like the vibe that it's very limited in the age range that it appeals to. And like, not just the age range, but just like the personality traits, even like going, you know, that deep versus in America, there seems to be just like a wide variety of people that genuinely like different K-pop groups or K-pop artists. It's not kind of limited to like, oh, you know, if you like boy bands, that means you're 12. You know what I mean? I think, I think that mentality is stupid, anyway. But but I don't think it's limited like that anymore. I think it's way more wide open, and I think a lot of that has to do with One Direction. Oddly enough, I feel like their fan base kind of like their fan base. A lot of their fans were like college age and older. Like I wouldn't say most of their fans were like um, you know young teenagers, like middle schoolers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But I do wonder, like, how much how much different is the demographic? And um, of course, culture plays a huge role in that as well. Um, like we were just talking about, but um, it, it is troubling. It, it is ironic and hypocritical that I fans would, you know, basically say you, you sort of berate um, K fans for, and then they turn around and do the same thing, I think. And obviously it's not every I fan, Um that's doing this but it's just like it It just makes you think like I don't know it makes you it makes you wonder if like the whole reason why they okay let me let me slow down <laughs> because what I'm really trying to say is like it almost comes off as um instead of you actually caring about how the idols feel and how they're treated you mm-hmm. care more so about like being preferred or being like getting the idol's attention you know what i mean like do you remember i think it was last year where there was that big thing about you know why why do like american fans get the sh- sword into the stick and like why do you know asian fans because it's not just korean fans but you know any asian fans they get all the meet and greets they get all mm-hmm. the you know what i mean yeah. it makes you wonder like how much of that like valid criticism is really just coming from a place of insecurity and jealousy, which makes absolutely no sense because you don't personally know these people. But at the same time, you know, I know that there are a lot of people who connect, like we said a long time ago, who like invest so much into these groups that it becomes a part of their identity. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing about this whole kind of Korean K-pop thing, you know, getting... Uh, so-called popular in the States is that it's it's from what I've been saying, it's developing a very specific sort of identity with it. Um, and that's pretty much entirely due to the fans um, and their um, and the way that they've been acting. And can you yeah. expand so, on that, like, like, what you so think the identity I th- is? I think just in how, like, you've there's been a lot that's been written and reported about in the media about, oh, K-pop's taking over the U.S. and it's coming to the U.S. And, you know, obviously with BTS's success and everything, obviously people are going to cover it and they're getting more exposure on TV and people are getting more exposed to it, or at least, you know, becoming a little bit more aware of it. But in that process, what they're associating, how how they're becoming exposed to it um, is through media and seeing things like the fans. Um, so the fan yeah. behavior and the fandom is what they're associating with it, um, which is why... You know, and I'll expand on this later, the whole BTS Beatles thing is a bit, I mean, the whole comparison is, is so inconspicuous to me because, yeah, because even though, I mean, it's impressive that they, you know, have the same record and, and you know, have three number one billboard albums. That's great. But I mean, as far as what else the Beatles have achieved, the circumstances aren't exactly the same um and the reason why is because of things like this um you know where you've got girls you know doing these kind of crazy things and um and the sad thing is is that even without all of the other um aspects of being a boy group and being a pop singer that may make a regular someone that's not necessarily in their targeted group you know a teen girl or whatever you would expect them to be um kind of write them off right off say nct i would say oh they're just a pop group you know you look at the you know it's the same thing kind of with One Direction. One Direction had a lot of the same crazy um over-the-top teen stalkers people hacking into their phones and hacking into you know and going to their houses and all of that sort of thing and no one really took them seriously. I mean they're you know they're breaking records and getting top 10 singles and things like that too um but you know they're i mean it, it's just it, it's just a, a very particular you have it's having that kind of fan base it gives people a very particular image of that group and what they represent to me
2: yeah I, I feel like we definitely have had a very like not a similar conversation, but we've actually come to like a similar conclusion a while ago about like how in some ways, a lot of people, I like, a lot of people will, um, like identify, I'm using the wrong word. This is not the word I want to use, but Mm -hmm. identify the, um, the group, like basically the group and the fans become like interchangeable. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like based on what your fans act like, you can assume what the group is going to bring to the table Mm -hmm. in in a sense. Um, and I know we've like had that conversation before, but I think that this is kind of like, showing a a different side of it in the sense that in this in this case i think it would be unjustified to think oh if you got you know in citizens who are like running around stalking nct Mm -hmm. then that means nct promote you know like just because i am very familiar with nct and i know how they are and how they are with their fans they Mm -hmm. are very cordial with their fans like actually i almost feel like their fan service is not even like extreme. They're just pretty. It's like a really casual relationship. It's not like they're constantly mentioning how much like, it's not like they're in a love relationship with their fans and they depend on their fans for like emotional support. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There are some groups that are like that. Like it sounds out of this world, but uh, there are, there are groups where it's like, you would think that the fans just like birthed them and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I I think it would be misguided to sort of judge NCT as, you know, their like whatever their fans are representing. Cause like I said, this is all new in terms of like the the type of fame they're starting to get in America and um, the fans and how the fans are reacting to them. This is all, I'm very new. Um, And and yeah, I I don't know. It's just, it's something that it's just like, you hate to see it, you know, but Mm -hmm. it's, 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 I can see like how you would be, somebody would be embarrassed by that. You know what I mean? If you're an American, you'd be embarrassed. If you are an in citizen, you'd be embarrassed. If you're NCT, you might even be embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Um, But you really just hate to see it. And it's, it's, it's trash, um, but it's like <laughs> there's nothing going to happen that's going to happen to stop it. So.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, um, but yes, we did definitely have that discussion before. And I guess it's just so relevant because it's just something that seems to really be associated with, you know, K-pop groups and just boy group. Boy bands in particular i mean from the beginning of time they've had crazy ass fans um so it's just something and that's why you know partially why there's the kind of the mental association with with it um yeah. did you have anything to add to that net
1: um i'm trying to think about Because before, I would have said that the obsessive nature of K-pop and how the Korean entertainment industries push for pretty much crazy ass fans (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much has transplanted itself into the U.S. But then I remember like, yeah, the U.S. has, and like obviously worldwide, has their own sort of crazy fan base as well, you know, so um but i still think it's like something that's really uniquely korean in in that when you're a part of when you are a fan of a group it's not enough to you know watch the music video once you know stream the album once it's like oh our boys are going to be sad if we don't get them number 1 you know like it's it's more of an extreme sort of reaction mm-hmm. um or actions that have to have to be done to prove that you are, you know, a fan of these groups and that, you know, you appreciate them. So I remember watching those videos with those netizens or NC netizens. I don't know what their friends are called, but I just remember seeing those videos and they're like making their bed and that girl is following around these members and their members are clearly uncomfortable. And I just wasn't sure. I was like, is it just her or is it she joined this fandom, and everybody else was like buying ten albums and streaming regular for twenty four hours. So you get caught up in that. Mm-hmm. I don't know it's it's an interesting, more like psychological study. I think. Yeah. I think I was like thinking a bit too deeply about this while you guys were talking. You guys made some really great points, but it was like one of those things where I'm just like, I don't really know where this begins and where this ends you know like clearly they feed into each other yeah. and clearly uh the companies love it because it means that they're making money so
0: i feel like someone is really gonna like just bite the bullet and do a psychological study especially now that it's becoming more uh widespread now with you know the k-pop fans um, you know becoming more kind of present um in uh, American life, I guess you should say, um, in media, kind of knowing it. And I've seen some articles that have touched on it, but have not really gone too deeply into it. But I feel like if this continues, that there's definitely gonna be, you know, I've already seen a few articles, you know, talking about the Burning Sun controversy and how, you know, the K pop industry is essentially corrupt. <laughs> um, so you know, I can definitely see with this kind of stuff continuing that it's it's going to, you know, it's not going to fly over anyone's head. You know, the the type of behavior you know going on if it continues, um, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I mean, like you said, I mean, some of these people treat streaming and all of that stuff like it's a second job like i have no idea where they have time to do this like they literally have schedules and it's like you know it's like freelancing like you know you're expected to keep up your end of the bargain and you know at the end of the day your reward is some group doesn't even know who you are gets to number one and they make money and fame and you get nothing in return yay uh, so two things yay <laughs> uh, but I was gonna say that
2: um this just makes me wonder like when just kind of like taking it in a slightly different direction when um the artists achieve these um sort of feats of you know so you're hitting a certain amount of YouTube views or you're hitting a streaming record. How does it make you feel to know that 12 people did that instead of 120? You know what I mean? The result is what like, matters. Like if I'm an artist, you you said what? Sorry, sorry didn't
1: interrupt. But I was like, the result is what matters. It doesn't matter how you got there.
2: No, but I, I'm saying like as an artist, like I, okay. Maybe I'm just a little too like naive. But I get the vibe that a lot of people who go into K-pop go into it like a lot of the artists and the kids who audition is because they really want to be singers. They really want to show something new, show some artistry and and be loved by the world. And, and the reason why I kind of think this is because, of course, it's like the most logical thing. But also because I remember watching an interview with Temin and he was saying how um, certain, you know, American superstars like like Michael Jackson and a lot of just very like uber famous people, they got to where they were from like having their own artistry that appealed to millions of people. Like, like he, he was kind of just like alluding to the fact that a lot of people, like they had their own style that people wanted to imitate is kind of where he was coming from. And like the whole interview was kind of like, what does he want to do with his career? And his goal is not necessarily to be like it, at least the, what the what I got from his interview. It's a he. It's not that he necessarily wants to be, um, like it's like he wants to be recognized for his art by the masses. And it and so in my mind, I'm thinking a lot of idols would think the same way. And it, I feel like it's to the point where, um, if you knew that the only people that was streaming your music were this select group of people who really didn't, let's be real, who really probably only loved you for your looks or loved you for your image and, and not like really loved the art you created because let's be real, a lot of that art is manufactured. It's not even something that might've even come from your heart. Um, besides the performance aspect, the words didn't come from you, the music, and that's not with every group. Of course, you know, you got your Huns and your um, other songwriters of the world, but my point is, as an artist, when, when that happens, how do you feel if, if your goal is not necessarily to have this manufactured award, like a Grammy, you know, it's like paying for a Grammy. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like, that's not your goal to like have this because, um, you pay for it or or you want it unfairly. You know what I mean?
1: How does that
0: feel? I get what you mean. I almost get this feeling that especially when you're talking about the awards and paying for a Grammy. And it makes me think about how a lot of the idol awards are pretty much predetermined. Like it's, it's like Mm -hmm. that whole system is so manufactured that I don't think, I think everyone is just kind of plays into it. You know, like the idols, they get the awards. A lot of them seem genuinely thankful to get them. Um, And it's just kind of like, that's how things are. I, th- I think for a lot of mm-hmm. them, the ones maybe that aren't so happy about it. I think those are the ones that end up leaving and going into different areas and, you know, different professions and, you know, eventually, you know, they do that, but yeah, it, it just seems like everyone, everything kind of feeds into itself and people just kind of live the lie, so to speak.
2: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I don't know if I could live with that. Like, if I'm an artist, like, I don't know if I could ever be. And maybe, and you know what, maybe that is what separates um, particularly Korean pop from music, from non-K-pop artists in Korea, as well as, like, artists, over, you know, all over the world. Because when you look at, like, artists like Ben and, even to like Zion T and those types of artists who aren't, who are still super like uber popular, but like not actually in the K-pop category, you just feel a different vibe from how they want to go about their career. So I, th- th- there's definitely something to like what you just said. And, and it is interesting.
1: Yeah. I think that's where the whole tortured artist bit comes in, you know, people who are crazy successful, but they don't feel like they're taken serious as an artist and they you know Mm -hmm. it does really affect them mentally sometimes physically as well because some people are okay you know like Mm -hmm. give me a song I'll perform it I will take this buckload of money and I will go home you
0: know (laughs) and then some
1: people are like yes people are yeah So I have to like this has to represent me I have to you know get the perfect line the perfect note the perfect you know breath in this moment you know and it's 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 the range and k-pop i think is better for you if you don't give a shit (laughs) i honestly think so
2: yeah or if you're patient it it is but it's just sad to know that like these kids are being funneled into this system where they probably think that it's gonna be something because as a kid you probably wouldn't even know any better especially when k-pop was like in second gen when it was just like really getting started and spreading you don't really know any better you think that this is going to be the best thing that that has ever happened to you um and you're going to live your dream as someone who can create um and it's so funny that we're kind of talking about this because it just made me think about like Harry Styles and how he like and how he handled his time with One Direction he really just kind of used that time to like market himself to like literally he was yeah. really smart about it he just used that time to market himself and that's how he ended up with like a top album when he when that group you know went on hiatus quote-unquote permanent hiatus let's be real but yeah
1: no that's what honestly like i understand that Zane had some issues but i always mm-hmm. felt like i kind of wanted Zane to do that too like i i don't think any of the guys were really like crazy happy of, to being, you know like story of a girl or story of my life and kiss you and you know girl you said some
2: story of a
0: girl
1: (laughs) (laughs) but you know I I feel like they you know as artists like especially Zayn and Harry specifically they you know were over the whole boy band thing but Zayn left because he couldn't handle Mm -hmm. it anymore and Harry stayed and both of them had you know commercially successful music I think Harry's was more critically successful as well than yes. James was perceived, but both of them are still making much better music than you know Lewis and
2: Girl. Yeah, I'm I'm about done with you. You are <laughs> not too kind of Louis Lewis. <laughs> Lewis, yes. This is really funny. Uh but
1: you know, like it's it's like, are you gonna be the Beyonce of your group? <laughs> or you <laughs> And just do it until, you know, you feel confident you have that standing to go solo. Or are you just going to, like, go ahead and tr- give it, like, just,
2: you know, free fall it And <laughs> But you know what? It kind of ties into, like, these, these survival shows. So many of these idols, um, because they're picked for things like their looks, they don't even have, like, the skills or they don't have the work ethic to become the Beyonce of their group. You know what I mean? Um, or the Justin Timberlake or what have you. Um, it's it's just so interesting. It's like, even when we talk about groups like Blackpink and we look at Jenny, right? And how she had her solo, you have to ask yourself, in 10 years from now, is that still going to ride? You know, is nope. it still going to fly?
1: It was not. It is not.
2: Like, is she going <laughs> to be able to get away with that same effort that she put into solo? She's barely getting away with it
1: now, and like, they're at the like,
2: the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should have like a psychologist on the show. <laughs> Korean fan culture <laughs> isn't isn't one of our. um I don't want to say this on air. Don't we know a psychologist though? I'll just put it that way. Do we? Uh-huh. Or somebody who works in that field. Okay, I thought
0: we did. I know someone that kind of studies gender and K-pop and that sort of thing. I don't know if I would call it psychology, but eh,
2: close I enough. I, I mean, yeah, I was about to say like psychology is one of those fields where there's so many facets of it that you could legitimately call many things psychology. So it could work. I mean, no, this was a good discussion. I I thought this was. It needed to be expanded upon, expound upon, expand, expound upon uh, from the last time that we kind of had a like, it wasn't the same conversation at all. It was just like along the lines of, you know, fan identity and how fans treat artists. And um, I like that we went into more depth about like how the artist must feel or what role yeah. this must take on the artist.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah it was it was a good discussion and i think you know we're because of how things are going now and and with you know k-pop continuously growing it's going to be something that we are going to you know come back to and find different facets of it to talk oh, yeah. about so yeah yeah very good so since the last time we were recording Uh, the billboard music awards were aired and bts ended up winning two awards they took home the social award and also choice group i think that's the top group or duo award um that they were up against exo and was it nct or was it no.
2: oh that was for the social award oh for the top different duo they were up against all Western
0: Western artists oh, okay 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 I knew one of them they were up against other k-pop people okay um, but yes they took home both of those awards and performed boy with love with Halsey and they've been appearing on more uh, America TV shows they've been on Stephen Colbert um, GMA. And such. And just recently, they also performed on The Voice, The Voices season finale. Their voice was recently the subject of criticism by Army because they accused the show of using their name for attention and hype. Um, Basically, the reason why fans criticized the show is because of a few tweets that mentioned the BTS mentioned to BTS and the Jonas Brothers potentially having a performance together on the final um, episode of the seasons of The Voice. The Voice never actually really, they didn't really elaborate on that and ended up Um, deleting the tweet and then putting up a new tweet that Taylor Swift would be appearing on the finale, and that got Army angry. Um, you know, I guess thinking that they were just using them and lying about stuff to get their attention. But you know, later on, Big Hit did verify that you know, BTS was going to be on the Going to be on the show, and that they weren't actually using them for quote unquote clout. Um, this is, for me, I think this is really a laughable thing to accuse them for using BTS for clout because it's like, what do you think everyone else has been doing? People are not collaborating with BTS for their health. You know, I mean, this is all all of this all of the collaborations all of the appearances all of this stuff i mean what what do they think this is for um i just I just find it kind of i mean what do you, i mean i don't understand like how they can look at it as you're trying to just use their name when that's what everyone is doing um everyone is using the the social power of i mean i just read an article the other day that talked about the how bts basically has a more engaged twitter following than any other entity on twitter like they are the biggest influencers on the social on on the social media platform. I think they're way out front, and like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez takes like up a little teeny, like you know, piece of the pie in second place. They have like their main account, you know, has generated. 400 million interactions from their tweets compared to 105 million from President Trump. Whatever you say about them and their fan base, I mean they are very effective at you know getting the attention that they need on social media. Um, and of course people want to benefit from that. And I'm kind of baffled as to what this mindset is coming from i know that they have this kind of persecution complex going on but it's just like the more success they get you know we're we're gonna say oh you're just using their name for attention like like what like of 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 course, we're we're using their name to get attention. Yes, we, we want your attention. This is what this is all about. I How long mean, do you guys think this is going to
2: last? A while, until they go to the army. I mean. For BTS? Mm-hmm. I think it will last a while, mainly because I just feel like they have... I feel like underneath all of the... what people kind of... the dirt they throw on them, in terms of, like, with their fan base and stuff like that, I do think that they are very effective at everything they do from the marketing to the you know their personas to how much they push themselves in the public like when i say push themselves i mean in terms of like they are literally bts will make a way out of no way to get some like well big hit i should say to get bts some attention mm-hmm. um so i think that that has to count for something um now text on the other hand i just have to say this there's a picture that's going around of the crowd at one of... I think, I don't know if it was KCON or one of uh, I guess a concert that Text is doing in um, the the West, I'm guessing America. Yeah. Guys, their audience is was 100% white. There were like no people of color strange. in their audience. Very, very strange. That was very that's strange trash. to see. I had never seen like a anything like that before um and so I just I I say that to say like it's so not funny but it's just very interesting to me because it kind of goes to show you that every recipe is not like just because it seems like the perfect recipe doesn't mean it's going to work and because of that let me tie it back in because of that, that is the main reason why I think BTS has a little bit of more staying power than other groups. Because Tex, and I'm using this as an example, Tex is, like, theoretically the perfect group, right? They're all very handsome. They're, you know, marginally talented. They, um, I don't know, they're young. Like, you know what I mean? They kind of tick a lot of the boy band boxes. But they were only able to draw a crowd that was about as diverse as a clan meeting. So, <laughs> and, and and I'm not saying it was a small crowd. It just wasn't, like, I, you would have thought it would have been way bigger based on the views that they got on, on, like, their YouTube and all that. But now you're starting to realize they only got those views because of, you know, big hit stands. Um And so, yeah, basically... Um, I, that's why I think BTS has staying power because, oops, that, that hurt a lot. But um, basically, um, groups like text seem to have the perfect formula, but they still, I know they're super new, so it's a little bit of a tougher comparison. But even if you look at other groups that have a similar, form, similar formula as text in terms of being perfect in, in, in a sense, um, they don't work. Like in America, you know what I mean? Like, EXO didn't even try really to work in America, you know. So I think there's something to be said,
0: in for a the weird one way. Day. Yeah, and in a weird way. And I, I kind of like, I would say this is more of uh, because of K-pop being what it is, in a way they still don't work with a certain subset of the population, right? Like they have huge fan base. Um, but at the same time, they're, like, the biggest group that, like, people don't know. You know? Yeah. It's, it, it's weird. It's weird that they can be everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Yeah.
2: I definitely understand. Like, I definitely get that. And it makes sense to me, like, because there are—I have had people, like, ask me, oh, is BTS big in America? And I can't, with in good faith, say that they are— but at the same time, they are. <laughs> that's, it's so weird. Like they're mm-hmm. big in terms of like their insular set fan base. They're very insular fan base. Yeah. Um, but GP, they have nothing. Like there's no. That and 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 that's one thing I wanted to touch on too about the be, about the um the voice situation the whole clout thing, I'm kind of getting tired of the word clout. It's being misused a lot to me because if anything, BTS is on there for clout. Um, yeah. I'm not saying they won't draw an audience of their own, but the voice rakes in a, at least a couple of million viewers every week. And these are people in middle America, people that BTS would otherwise never reach. So if you want to talk about people who are chasing clout, I mean, isn't that honestly, isn't that whatever What a, like I, I get, I get that chasing clout is not necessarily a good thing. And I agree. But what I'm saying is you can't really say that without acknowledging the fact that BTS really aren't big enough for you to say that they're that people are clout chasing in that sense. I, I think, I think, okay, let me rephrase this. Basically, I think that the, the trade off is more even than what a lot of fans would seem to think you know what i mean yeah like the trade-off between the producers at at you know whatever network the voice is on and big hit it, it's like well we'll you know introduce you to the general public as long as you bring in all of your diehard fans
0: you know right what I mean? yeah mm-hmm.
2: it's a fair trade-off to me
0: yeah i agree i agree i mean that's yeah I mean, I think that's why that's why the whole cloud thing was just like what? Because it's like, it's all like you said, it's a fair trade. Like it's all for everyone to get their piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's no one is chasing anything. They're they're trying to get their own piece of money and success. And everyone knows, you know, what's going on here. No one's being taken advantage of, so to speak. Right. Um. And like I said, there's maybe a persecution com- complex going on here. But I mean, at this point, it's like, what is there to be persecuted about? Right. <laughs> like you've achieved, like you know, your group has achieved tons. I mean, they've. There's no room for persecution. Like there's. Right. No, I don't really have anything else except for the very heartwarming story about a diehard k-pop fan yes. who um managed to lose um, 40 kilograms in seven months by I dancing mean? to groups can you song. convert that
2: to american math That's
0: um like almost 80 no
2: it's like almost double
0: i think so yeah yeah it's like double
2: almost it's not quite just for our, just for our american listeners oh yeah.
1: it's it's slightly Good over double it's 40 kilos is about 88 pounds
0: yeah so he did that by dancing he posted them on uh twitter but he danced he did dance like uh, choreography from girl group songs and he would just like do the choreography and he also of course you know cut his sugar intake and start eating healthier and um yeah he lost you know he was obese and he lost a ton of weight and you know he's healthier and doing really great so it's a very nice positive story yeah no that's good i mean
1: some of that choreography does go hard so yeah no, <laughs> I like, yeah
0: Honestly, and yet, I every day Some of them can do that with, like, the type of, like, lifestyles that they lead and can also get up there and do all of that query. Like, I just, I don't see how they don't, like, some of them do pass out occasionally, but I just don't see how they don't, that doesn't happen more often. But also, tangent, well, not tangently. That is something I have been noticing is a trend on YouTube is that, if you Google K-pop fitness, there is a kind of a trend of people, if you guys have ever heard of um oh God, what is it called? The the um dance fitness? What's it called? It's the it has a, a very like particular name.
1: While you're looking that up, I have noticed um a couple of the workout people that I follow,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, like Emmy Wong, she does like she did dance sort of choreo workouts to like kill this love and boy with love so i know it's definitely a trend to have like a k-pop either inspired by the actual dance moves or Uh something to the songs
0: yeah yeah it's definitely like it's something i've been noticing that i've seen more on youtube people doing their own videos or zumba zumba it's like a um kind of a Zumba thing where people are doing their own groups or they're Zumba instructors and they're doing their own choreography. Um, or you've got people that are just kind of like, that's their thing is doing K-pop fitness or yeah. So it's, it's interesting. It's kind of an interesting take on the whole thing. It kind of makes me want to actually get off my ass and like, (laughs) (laughs) for <laughs> <Did I try>? once. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, very interesting. Any other news or anything topics that you guys would like to cover? We are, um, one thing I want you guys to look out for is we do have an episode coming um, very soon that is going to be a little bit different from the norm. Um, we're going to focus more on uh, and it's me turn to like a series of different things. I'm thinking it might be interesting to look into different aspects of fandom, but it's more fandom focused. And um, I think you guys are going to like it. Um, I would say if you are a fan of reading, if you're a huge reader, <laughs> uh, that this um may be something that uh, you will really enjoy so we will be giving more information on that soon and yeah Singree. <laughs> oh he doesn't want to learn though
1: so i think that's a no, different did you hear what he said what yeah. oh did he say something new? i like i stopped paying attention when they tried to arrest them and the judge was like nah So I don't know (laughs) what happened around that.
2: Singri said something. What did he say about the prostitution? Because he finally got, I don't know. Yeah, well, he basically
0: admitted that he was a pimp. Um, Let me see.
1: Lovely. I mean, it's not like we didn't know
0: that, but, you know. I vaguely remember what he said. Yeah, he said, it's true that I had sexual intercourse with a female employee, of an adult entertainment establishment and paid for the services i'm reflecting on my actions as a celebrity it was hard for me to admit to the suspicions of soliciting yeah. but i never immediately okay so he didn't admit to being a pimp that just that he paid for a prostitute himself so.
2: yeah i i just don't like how he's like basically because i'm a celebrity i can't like it, and not that he said this word for word but it's almost like he gave the vibe of because i'm a celebrity i that's why i'm not gonna go through with like the legal process kind of i don't know like this could mess up my career who cares about your career like you hurt innocent people what yeah
0: yeah so, it's not you, just that dude that, that's not the only thing you're that's in trouble like the for. tip
1: of the iceberg and honestly if the big story was that he solicited prostitution I'd be like, you know what? Based on the type of sex that you like to have, that we know you like to have, maybe it's better that you went in it with somebody who was who knew what was going on, you know, instead of somebody right. who thought this was a, a relationship. So, yeah, that's like a non-issue. Like, he's gonna get off though. I feel like he has too. There are too many powerful people who are in on it for him to go to
0: jail. <laughs> yeah, it certainly doesn't look like the people that need to be apprehended for this whole thing are going to be Nope. so yeah well if that's all um, everything to discuss on this episode then I would like to thank um, you guys for listening to this episode of Not Your Average Netizens. Um thank you to everyone that continues to listen um, repost, comment, um, like our episodes and support us on social media. Um, the support is always welcome. Um, please continue and, um, tell your friends, other, um, fans of K-pop about us and, you know, let them take a listen. And, uh, I also want to thank uh, Nat and Jimin for joining me for this podcast. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at Not Your Average Netizens, and Twitter at NYA Netizens. We are also on YouTube at Not Your Average Netizens. And we are also, um, our main home is our SoundCloud account. You can also listen to us on Podbean as well as on iTunes. And feel free to drop us a line anytime at our Gmail at NowYourAverageNetizens at gmail.com. Again, I want to thank um, you guys for joining me for a uh, rather short podcast tonight but still very interesting conversation and like i said we've got some good things coming up for listeners soon to reward you guys for being so great and we appreciate all the support again thank you so much and we'll catch you on the next episode see you guys later Bye. bye, bye. bye.